The following podcast is presented to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Panel Discussion Podcast. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, alongside, as always, Greg Knowlton. And Chris Gullo is still missing. Uh, he's out doing something, being the cosmic space Gullo. And uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, he's still in the process of moving in his house. So everything's going good on his end. But uh, we like we like being a trio here. So we invited, uh, actually, I don't know if we invited. He, he kind of was like, hey, he kicked I the want, door down. He kicked the, he's like, hey, I want to be on your show. I haven't done talked about this in a long time. So I was like, that's Okay. All right. So everybody, please welcome to the show um, another member of the BICBP Radio Network, co-host of Retro Blist, Harley Kayfabe, uh, History Creeps, and it's Johnny Townsend. Johnny, welcome to the show, bud. Uh, thanks for having me. And it is true. I practically begged. I have this <laughs> I have this crippling need for attention, and thankfully you were okay with it. <laughs> oh, I'm always okay to cater your ego. Um, I appreciate it. It needs it. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get you to come down to the convention. So any, anything I can do to suck up a little bit, you know, <laughs> keep you fluffed and get you down here. <laughs> I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> oh, oh, now we're talking. Yeah. Now it's getting the money. Uh, yeah. I, I don't get to talk about uh, comics a lot because all the shows that I wanted to mention are not necessarily about comic books. And uh, of course, growing up and to this day, I love comic books. So, Really looking forward to, to talking about this stuff, fellas. Good. Uh, now, were, were you part of the old comic book podcast that was on the network? They would have me on there every once in a while. Uh, I wasn't okay. like there all the time. Though. I was just a, a guest they'd have sometimes. But, yeah, that's where I'd get the itch scratched right there. I gotcha. I but that show's kind of gone now, so I don't get the itch scratched anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Now, for those who don't know or, you know, you can always listen back. We had Chris Chavez on before and actually our network is named after that first show um bicbp stands for back issues comic book podcast you're right <laughs> i nailed it um which is pretty cool how how that all you know that blossomed and everything but um like we do with most of our guests uh all of our guests we don't have guests very often but um you know johnny who's your who's your favorite uh superhero and supervillain oh man all right, so I really love this stuff. So this is this is tough to pick one. Um, gosh, gosh. One see, I want to see Marvel. <laughs> oh my DC. gosh! Yeah, we could do. That. So I can't even do that because <laughs> I love I love like I'm not one of those where you have to be born of the other. I love uh, characters from all of them. Uh, I mean, I love obviously I love Nightwing. He's probably my favorite in the DC is Nightwing. I dig uh, it. And then. Uh, I mean, I'm a giant Spider-Man nerd. I love Spider-Man. I mean, what, one of my absolute favorite, the first uh, graphic novel I ever read was Ninja Turtles. And uh, I've been a Ninja Turtle nerd for almost my whole life. So that's probably my ultimate favorite if I have to pick one is the Turtles. But yeah, awesome. uh, when it comes to villains, oh man, it's it's a toss up between Mr. Freeze or Dr. Octopus. I Ooh. like those a lot. Nobody ever yeah, says any of those two, ever. Yeah. And I'm staring at Mr. Freeze eating ice cream on my desk, so that's kind of awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, uh, man, I just, like, he's just, so, especially when the animated series came out and they made his backstory so tragic, 
Yeah. Uh, oh man. Uh, gosh, I freaking love some Mister Freeze, and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll even put up with the Arnold Schwarzenegger version of him. <laughs> so it's so terribly good. I know. That's the stalactite, best stalagmite. So it's so great. Uh, yeah. Uh, chill. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always just and, and Doctor Octopus, man. Gosh, he's so underrated in my opinion. He's so great. Superior Spider-Man, like, really made Doc Ock, I think, like, a lot of people, like, open their eyes up to him. But, yeah, he's so much better than just that, even. Yeah. Yeah, I, think I really was... love that run, too. That's a run where I wasn't sure about it because I just really like his character design, too. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. with the arms and everything. Uh, but that was such a great, like, that one won me over. I really loved that run of Spider-Man. And, and now they've brought him back. Oh, thank Oh, See, here's my, here's my confession. I haven't read... Uh, a new comic book in three or four years. I'm way behind on this stuff. Right, I just right. ran out of time. I'm, we were with you before this show, and now, like, this week alone, I dropped, like, $55 in the comic book store. That's why I had it's to quit. <laughs> it's expensive. Because <laughs> I am not – I can't do the – I understand the digital thing. I get it. I'm not saying – I'm not the old man throwing <laughs> throwing a newspaper no, at, at the kids because they want their stuff digital. <laughs> uh but I just love having the book in my hand and actually looking yeah. at the art and reading it and turning the pages. I just love that feeling. I've loved that feeling since I was a kid. And I'd go to the freaking flea market and get like 10 issues for like a buck that they would just throw in there and just sell yeah. you. Yeah, that's the best Man. part. Yeah, I just love that. Even down to the old – I love looking through an old comic book just to see the old ads and get those 3D uh, – those glasses that let me see through people's bones. <laughs> <laughs> All that great stuff they try to try to sell you for like a dollar. <laughs> oh man but i mean i get it i get the digital thing it's kind of where everything's heading anyway yeah. i think the i think books like i still prefer to hold the book and like I, like you said with the art i think i've read i read them both i have the like the comiXology app and whatever and i can read a lot of those books the art does not like get the justice it's supposed to get um when you're like when you're reading digitally like i've looked at like the green lantern art for the new run and then I own all of them as well. And dude, the art's incredible. You look at it on the phone, it's like, okay, that's cool. You hold it in your hand, you're like, oh my gosh. I I just could stare at this all day. So yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with you. Yes, yeah. See, I, I love everything about a comic book from the art to the to the to the story. Uh so I couldn't imagine my favorite uh I'm probably getting ahead of what you guys want to talk about. Like one of my favorite Batman runs of all time is the Snyder uh Capullo run that they went on. And then in the new 52 oh. and I could not imagine not having those physical. I couldn't imagine looking at those on a small screen because I don't think it would do that story and that art justice at all. That's how I feel with a lot of stuff too. Yeah. I can't, it's hard for me to even read on digital and it, it's a, it's a bit of a, <laughs> if you just stopped your sentence there, it's hard for me to even read and just stop. That's why Matt likes comic books. He just looks at the pictures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, pretty colors. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> but yeah, it takes away from it. Unless there's like a story that I'm really desperate to read. And it's yeah. like, uh, you know, one of the books that I read today, I will never, ever find a physical copy unless I'm, unless I'm, you know, willing to, to pay like a couple thousand dollars for yeah. it. You know, that, that, yeah. that's when I, that's okay for me, but yeah, same here. Um, See, I understand it there. Cause I also come from the, the retro video game universe too. And that's the big thing going on there because you got all these ROMs and stuff that you can go back and and play these old games that if you wanted to buy the physical copies of them, it would cost you in the hundreds of dollars. 
Yeah. And that's just ridiculous. I just I just can't afford that. But I want to play some of these games, but I can't afford to go back and, you know, and pay uh, like 300 bucks for a game when I just want to experience it. You don't want to pay for like $1,000 for a brand new unopened box of uh, Earthbound and review it? No, I don't. And I love Earthbound. I would have never gotten to play it if that's how we how we had to do it. Earthbound's so yeah, great. There's a store by our house that, that has it like that. That has it for that much. It's and that's and that's probably about right to be fair to be fair to them. But I mean, unless you're like a hardcore collector of comic books or of video games, and you just have the extra cash, and that's not most people. Uh, I mean, how are you going to experience these things? It's all about keeping these things that we love alive. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and any, any, uh, I mean, I understand the new 52, but any favorite like comic book runs, stories, et cetera, anything that like, that's like a go-to for you. Um, I, my all time favorite Batman was that, that, that new 52. I was on board from the issue one. That's back when uh, I was younger and I had extra income and I could afford it. So it came at a great time for me. Uh, <laughs> so I got that all through, man, I got every issue of that up through the, uh, I don't even remember. I think I got through the death in the family and all that stuff. So, oh yeah, I, I got quite a few of those. Uh, um, it's I'm probably gonna go back to Ninja Turtles, the very first Eastman and Laird Ninja Turtles run uh, from the very beginning. I just really love like the Ninja Turtles, not how we know them from like the shows and stuff. That was the more like darker. Ninja oh yeah, Turtles, right. Oh. oh yeah. See, I grew up in the. Uh, I, I was born in '83, so I grew up on that cartoon. Uh, Ninja Turtles, where they were all kind of goofy and stuff, and I loved that yeah. as a kid. And then I went to my local library one day, and they had the original graphic novel, like uh, of the Ninja Turtles, and it was that version of it, the dark Eastman Laird version. And awesome. I and I was blown away by it. I freaking loved it. So, uh, yeah, it's so dark. They actually, you know, they don't mind using their weapons and <laughs> slicing and dicing <laughs> a little bit. Uh, man, it's, it's not so... like secret of use where they're not allowed to touch their weapons and have to use cold cuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. I mean, even in even in the cartoon, if you had watched, they never actually really used their weapons, nope. and that I don't know why, but that always bothered me because I also love kung fu movies and such. So if you're going to have those, then you know you need to you need to use. Them. They were fighting robots for crying out loud in the cartoon. You can, it's okay to <laughs> to beat up a yes. robot. We're going to be good friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah if i talk about turtles all day that i could do a whole podcast on all the turtle nerd stuff i know that might be a future podcast because we haven't covered too much turtles i think we've covered one turtles book on here so that might be oh. that might be a future episode i have to i have to beg to come back on for then oh, no. and i will you'll do it beg. you'll see we'll see how today you just goes. have to pay you don't have to beg we'll okay we'll that's fair <laughs> No, no, no. If you come down to the convention, you can be on a, a Ninja Turtles episode. <laughs> Hold it hostage. That's how you do it. Gotcha. Um, all right. So we have a theme today, and it, it's pretty cool. Me and Greg lightly discussed it. Um, I don't remember if it was on or off air, but, you know, comics have been a big part of pop culture since, well, for almost 100 years, probably about, well, probably about 80, 90 years at this point. And and so many characters that we we love uh, and have evolved so much, especially the ones that started in the back in the early day, the you know the the 30s and 40s, and some of them before that. And what we wanted to do is we wanted today to um, pick an older run or pick an older issue of a certain character and pick a 
a newer issue of uh, a certain character and kind of read them through, do our rating system as we obviously do. Johnny will go through that in a bit. Um, but it's just cool. It'd be cool to see how much the characters have changed um, over time. And, and some of them have a lot. This character that we are doing today has definitely changed a lot. And he's probably one of the most popular superheroes of all time. And that character is Spider-Man. <laughs> you should have picked someone like that's not even like a known character. <laughs> I should have. I blew that one. I'm falling off, boy. <laughs> no, our character today is the Batman. Um, who's been debuted in 1937. Um, and has been just a staple ever since. Has been a part of numerous television shows, cartoons. Um, all sorts of different comic book runs, iterations, uh, different artists, and and it, he's he's been through a lot. He's been through the grind, the grinder, and uh, yeah, he. There's a lot of stuff that he's kept, he stayed true to since the beginning, but there's a, there's also some differences too, which is which is kind of interesting. Yeah, he's going. He, he survived going from where he started to going really campy to going to where like he yeah. has never seen the sunshine in his life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the beauty with with Batman and like Spider-Man's another character you could say this about but like think about all the different like versions of Batman we've seen on both comic books, TV, all three, not both. And <laughs> in movies, we've seen different actors, different iterations, different takes and all of them have been popular. And I I think that's one of the cool things about Batman is he's able to adapt and change and you can still enjoy him and um, that's just what made one of the things that I think makes the character so interesting and so popular. It, absolutely. I mean, it, it goes to with his, his cast of villains too. I mean, for, for every Batman that we've had, we've had or iconic Batman. I mean, not just any Batman, right. iconic Batman. We've had an iconic Joker to go with it always. And they were all, all their own different, yep. different styles. Like you said, um, you know, sixties, we have Adam West and I forgot who the guy Caesar Caesar. Uh, yeah. Caesar. Yeah. Caesar, yeah. Cesar Romero? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Okay. Um, who had his own take on the Joker. And it was fun. It was 60s. Like yep. that, that it you watch that show, and even if you read the new Batman 66 comic books, you just feel like it's that yep. time period. It's just everything's all, you know, overly happy, smiley, bright, yep. bright colors. And then you go into which I think is the most important part of Batman's legacy is the Tim Burton era. Yep. And how much those movies, you know, with Michael all the Michael Keaton ones. I, I don't care for the other two personally, but the, <laughs> the Michael Keaton ones. Well, they were Tim Burton. They were the only Tim yeah. Burton movies he did, anyways. But how much that influenced Batman's character um, afterwards? You know, it was a huge influence on the the animated series following it. And you just you still see those Tim Burton themes mm-hmm. today. Oh yeah, Nicholson had a huge effect um, on how the Joker was played. Keaton had a huge effect on how the Batman was played, including I think even the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the animated series because to me that one has had a major influence today. I mean, the fact that Harley Quinn exists is because of yeah. that. First uh, and foremost, so, yeah, yeah, and look how popular she is as a character now. She gets, she has her own movie coming out at some point. So, uh, yeah. man, all these things just keep evolving like that, and that's how you know that you've you've created a great character that he can evolve with the times and 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 survive. And and here's an interesting thing with the animated series. First, uh, I think Hamill is the measuring stick that we put our Jokers up to. Any new Joker, anytime we see anything, 
Mark Hamill's animated Joker yeah. is how we look at it. Which is weird yes. to think, but yeah, it's 100% true. Yeah, when, then, I'm, re- when I'm reading Joker, a comic book and Joker's in there, that's the voice I have in my head when yeah. I'm reading it. Because it's so good. He's yeah. just so good, which who would have thought? Um, <laughs> but then Joker, as much of an influence he's had on Batman, I was doing some reading up today, so I was prepared for this. Um, as Even though he was in like the 60s show, Joker was not a main character in the comic books. Joker was actually like an occasional one-off villain right. until the 80s. So from the 40s to the 80s, the Joker was essentially Batman's like, um, he was more in a Mr. Freeze or Penguin or like, like Clayface really? role where he really? wasn't a, a primary rogue until the eighties um, with one of the books I'm going to read or part of one of the book authors I'm going to read today, rather right. made him a staple of the Batman storylines. Okay. Um, isn't, so, yeah. isn't it wild when you go back and look at some of these histories of these villains uh, where they came from, like uh, I'm bringing it back to turtles and I apologize, but shredder was the same way. Yeah. Uh, when they when they created Shredder Shredder originally, and the he was never going to come back. The turtles defeated him, and you were never just going to see him again. He was just a one off villain, and uh, he's by far obviously their biggest foe that everybody associates with the turtles now. So yeah, uh, it's pretty amazing how a, a villain can kind of capture and because I mean, so many people I know people in real life who hate clowns. They're legit find them oh, scary. Yeah. Just a normal clown at a, at the circus or something. They don't they don't care for. So the Joker is he's so out there, and there's been many versions of him too. Uh, yeah, so, and that's yeah. the the cool thing. And we'll talk about a handful of those versions, I think, today as well. Uh, yeah. I know I will be talking about probably my favorite Joker version to date. <laughs> so I don't think I have any. I don't have any Joker in my story. I have but, one, but there's still there's there's time after the end of the reading to to you know for any discussions. Um, all right, very good. I'll start us off. As I usually do, um, Johnny, what we do here, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast before, it's okay if you haven't, but what we do for the listeners who haven't listened to us either, uh, we review com- uh, comic books on five different categories, art, action, dialogue, oh, excuse me, story, dialogue, and then rereadability. Um, and we score them out of 10. It's pretty much, there's no really criteria for it. It's kind of just what we're feeling. And um, yeah. Greg's admiring my book, <laughs> quote unquote book. Um, and that's how we review them. You know, obviously the higher the score, the better. We've only had a handful of fifties. Um, Greg and Golo have given out more than I have, but um, all right. Also, you're, the harsh, you're the harsh judge. Spoiler alert. There'll sort be another of, one today. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, uh, so I'm, I'm a little, I'm a stickler. Like I still have probably one of the lowest reviewed books on this show. X-23, number four. It was, a, it was an eight or a nine. I can't remember. It was really low. I hated that book with a passion. Um, so I'm a stickler. I'm not generous at all. And that book can burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, right. So I know where the bar's at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I decided to do. Excuse me. Um, oh, excuse me. Batman debuted in, in uh, 1939. And that's the book I'm starting with. It's... Uh, Issue number 27 of Detective Comics, May 1939. And this was the debut of of Batman. I mean, they didn't really know. Obviously, they didn't know what Batman was going to become um, from this point onward. But it starts off with Bruce Wayne sitting in Jim Gordon's office. And Jim Gordon receives a phone call about um, some person that's in a group of like four 
four business partners that got killed. And Bruce Wayne goes with Jim Gordon to the case, which which is kind of crazy because that probably wouldn't be allowed nowadays realistically yeah, uh, but they yeah. go to this person could you imagine help. could you imagine like if you're, you're just a civilian right and you go to visit your friend who's a cop and, like, and he gets a call saying hey i gotta go to this murder scene do you want to come <laughs> <laughs> right it probably wouldn't fly like that yeah. um well, definitely not um so they're they're there and um this guy's business well he's like uh it's like i don't know it's like a secretary or something he's uh Excuse me. He's he's the number one witness. He's explaining everything that's going on. And, and uh, then they get another call about somebody else um, being attacked. So Bruce Wayne uh, leaves. They don't they actually don't openly show it till the very end that he's Batman. But he openly leaves and actually, you know, some robbers are on a roof and and there he is, just standing there. And it, it's such a, it's such a like dumbed down look. Like it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. I posted it on our uh, Facebook page, but um, so he's beating up the robbers. I think he throws one off a roof, or no, he throws one. He's kicking the crap out of them. Um, and then he goes and finds this, uh, this next anticipated victim. And it turns out that the person committing the murders was actually one of one of these business partners who was trying to get exclusive ownership of this company. So he Batman just legit just beats the crap out of him and corners him in like some kind of factory or something and he he punches him into a, a tank of an acid tank. And what caught my eye and this is the why we're doing this show today is that Batman replies or no, the, the gentleman goes, yeah, he's falling right into the acid tank. And Batman replies, a fitting end for his kind. <laughs> and <laughs> what right, a dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. And, and I mean, that's pretty much it. They show um Jim Gordon and Bruce Wayne together again, like cutting cutting later on the next day. And something else going on. Jim Gordon's talking about a lead he has on some other case, and Bruce Wayne dips out and they show that he's batman this is the first reveal that bruce wayne is batman which is really cool it's a short story um and there's there's 64 pages to this to this book but obviously detective comics back then was a you know a collection of different stories but i just wanted to focus on um batman's aspect of it um, which is pretty cool so i'm gonna go on the artwork and we're gonna start with the view uh with artwork uh it's old school i mean it's this was the beginning. This is the beginning. They they really didn't know what they were going for. Like, it reminds me of when like Batman's costume. It reminds me of like when Wolverine first debuted, and oh, yeah. it looked like you could just tell they didn't know what they were doing yet. Oops, excuse well, me, because he was almost the Badger. Yeah, <laughs> true. He's a murderer too. He's a murderer. <laughs> um, but it's it, it's really cool to see see that comic book style. Um, the way it the way it used to be the the artwork it's so simple in design but it, it got the job done uh i'm gonna give the artwork obviously gotta make you know include that that's time period i'm gonna give it an eight um action batman killed a guy 
and it was a long time before the, or you know it was about probably about a couple of years right as oh, it came out 39 so um, 37 no that that book was from 39 oh that book was 39 that was the original one so yeah it was 1939 and you said the first batman run was in 1940 in the 40s in yeah. the 40s sometime in that so he didn't kill people often intentionally um if he did otherwise so because of the fact that batman killed the guy and like there were some interesting like fighting maneuvers that he had you could definitely like it was this was not like i'm trained in martial arts like not training you know i'm not training combat he just mounted a dude like stone cold steve austin and started punching him in the face so for that i'm gonna give the action a 10 easy real easy um story it was it was super simple and it was a cool little intro to you know bring in the batman character there was there was a lot to it there was like suspense and you really didn't anticipate who did it like at first like i feel like some comic books now you read like the first two issues and you know what's gonna you almost know what's gonna happen and come issue seven eight nine whenever the big reveal is down the stretch but this one there was some anticipation and it was only it was only a couple pages so i, I actually respect that that story, you know, how they pulled that off. I'm going to give the story an eight. Dialogue, super simple. Um, I think it's, I mean, that usually goes for high high regard there. Um, in, in most books, the dialogue helps helps out with a lot of things. So I'm going to give the dialogue an eight. And rereadability, it's it's a quick read. It's It, it really is, but it, it's iconic. Um, if I was living in like, you know, if, if, if I was around living, when when this book came out, would I reread it? Probably not. But now that I know how important this this story is um, here in 2019, it's um it's pretty amazing. I I, w- I would read that. I mean, like I said, it's really short, but man, you're this is the first reveal. This is Batman we're talking about. The yeah. what probably one of the top three superheroes of all time, easily. So I'm gonna give rereadability. A 10 on that, giving it a score of 44 out of 50 for the first appearance in Batman, uh, Detective Comics number 37. Excuse me. All right, Greg, you want to do book number two? Yeah, I'll hop in. So I did, um, wow, Batman Year One. Okay. It's a, a Frank Miller book. This is one of the like books from the 80s. He did, he had done, um, I'm going to mess up the name now. Dark Knight Returns 1 and 2, but it was Batman in the future. It was a much older, like, grizzled Batman. And they loved it so much, they said, hey, we want you to do an in-canon, like, current timeline story of Batman. So Miller said, all right. And he created this Batman. And, like, you'll kind of see from when I when I review this, like, this Batman set up a lot of how we know him now. Uh, it uh, really focuses on the Jim Gordon relationship, uh, focuses on him as a clean cop, like not doing any of that like messed up stuff, but also like a rookie Batman, which is, I think this is going to kind of be the movie we might have the potential to see um, down the road. So that's kind of cool. So I'm going to hop into it. This is, this is a really good book. <laughs> um, it starts with, you got Jim Gordon, just um, he's actually just talking at this point. I, this is issue two of Batman year one, my bad. When did uh, this come out again? 1986 86 86. this is the second chapter i read the first one as well um because i've never actually read this story before and it's incredible okay 
So uh, Gordon is the new lieutenant. He's not commissioner yet. Uh, and Gotham is pretty dirty. It's just they're killing whoever. There's there's dirty cops. He actually got jumped in the previous issue um, for not accepting a bribe by the other cops. So, but he's trying to do his best to like um, to not worry about that and like clean up Gotham. He's got his kid on the way and all that. So you see him. He's pulling up to a hostage situation, and he realizes that this officer Brandon is there, who's basically part of a SWAT team that just kills anybody. He says like man, if I don't get involved in this, like he's just going to kill the kids who are being held hostage as well as like the criminal. So he kind of charges in, um, orders Brandon to stand down, drops his gun and like walks into the crime scene. Uh, And you see his like pregnant wife is watching on like on the, on the TV and it's all narrated by him. Um, He's just like talking about like, like what he's doing. Like literally the, the stairs creak too loudly a sneeze that been building up for 20 minutes just keeps threatening. My nose drips. I don't have the nerve to wipe it. The little girl's crying. Like it's so cool. Cause you're seeing inside Gordon's head. Right. Um, he walks up and he actually starts talking the guy down. And the guy's crazy. He's just like not speaking like coherent words and he takes him down. Um, it cuts back over and the commissioner is talking to Brandon about how they need to take down Gordon. And you see Gordon like, and in the meantime, like shooting his gun, saying how he doesn't like killing, but he has to do his job and he's really good at it. Uh, it then it cuts over and Gordon's talking to his wife and you see just this is awesome panel. It's like all shots of Gordon and his wife. And you just see like the bat going across the roof. Oh, that's cool. Um, and he lands in the middle of three muggers on a um, fire escape and starts fighting him. And one of them actually gets knocked off and he's holding him by the foot. And this is where you see the rookie Batman. He's saying like, I made a mistake. I Oh, shoot. I should have not paying attention. Like, oh, I'm not a killer. I can't let this kid die. And it's now it's all being narrated through Batman's head. Um, and he's holding this kid by the foot and he's like fighting off these two muggers at the same time. But he's very young. He was been gone for he's only 25 in this story. He's been gone for 18 years since his parents died. Yes. Right. I did the math right. Um <laughs> And is now like, this is his first run or second run in the Batman outfit. Okay. Um, And he's fighting off these muggers, finally takes them all down and pulls the one back up into the, uh, the fire escape and even says like, man, like I'm lucky he passed out or else his thrashing would have made me drop him or tear my shoulder out. And there's this awesome panel of him just like sitting like, gasping for breath in the fire escape saying like i'm a lucky amateur and he's just sitting on top of these three colonels it's one of the coolest panels um cuts back over to jim gordon and they're talking about the bat myth this like urban legend that's around and one of the officers is all beat up like he's in a cast and um talk like they're like all right what did you see flas and you actually know if you read the first issue that batman didn't beat up the officer but gordon beat the life out of him and handcuffed him naked on the side of the road because he jumped Gordon and threatened Gordon's wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> and this guy's like a former green beret. So you've got this like badass Gordon. I love it. Um, but they're just all like talking about the different, like uh, the different rumors about Batman, like, Oh, he's got claws that can like shoot out and like they knock out people. So they must be poisonous. And like, he's, he can't be hit by bullets. Like, they're just passing right through them. And it's really cool. Um, and you're seeing in the meantime, while they're explaining all this, like this black and white version of Batman taking down um, this group of thugs. And then it cuts over and he's at a like 
this big and there's different days on each panel i should say like it's like may 18th may 19th and it's walking through batman's whole first year as the batman right um he's he's at this huge mansion and he's just one by one taking out the chauffeurs just like knocking them out and it cuts in and commissioner Loeb is sitting in on this like meal talking about oh let the batman live it gives people hope blah 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 don't worry about him and you see he's at the table with carmine falcone and he's actually working with the mobs and batman's on the outside and they're like oh not yet give got to be the right time and all of a sudden tosses a smoke bomb in and then he blows out the side door and i i have to read this line because i love it this panel is so cool he like all it's just this panel there's just a hole in the wall and batman stepping through and he says ladies and gentlemen you've eaten well you've eaten gotham's wealth it's spirit your feast is nearly over from this moment on none of you are safe and he puts out the only light and it just goes dark and he you just assume he beat the life out of everybody in there <laughs> because the commissioner like it cuts over to the next day and the commissioner is telling gordon like you need to take down the batman and gordon's like setting up traps for him and like but batman now is getting more skilled like there's a he took out the roman and the roman's like tied up just on his bed his rolls royce was crashed in the river by batman um and gordon is then meeting with harvey dent about this who is currently district attorney and gordon is probing harvey dent to find out if he's the batman like he sees mm. his weights in the weight room and all this and as Harvey or as Gordon leaves, Harvey Dent looks down over his desk and goes, I thought he'd never leave. And Batman's hiding under Harvey Dent's desk. Oh, that's awkward and cool at the same it's time. So cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so cool. And then um it cuts back. Gordon's kind of got his like thing going on with and if you know the comic books at all, in this, like Gordon cheats on his wife. Uh and at this point he's like kind of see him setting up this thing with this other officer. Right. Uh and as this happens, she like all it says is her fingernails biting his knee, and all of a sudden the truck like swerves and takes him out. And as the the truck takes out Gordon's car, like it's also going for like a homeless lady, and Gordon can't get out in time. And he tries like he jumps onto the truck to try to like move the wheel, and Batman sees this all happening and swoops in the last second to take out the homeless lady or save the homeless lady. Uh, and Gordon <laughs> is hurt. Two different two different uh, versions there. Batman beats up the homeless lady because she got in the way. <laughs> uh, the, the officer who's with Gordon like sticks the gun in, in Batman's face and he just disarms her. But all of a sudden, all these other officers show up, including that Brandon guy. And they think Batman attacked the cops. So they just start like shooting at him and they shoot Batman in the leg. Um, he's in this building and Gordon's like, no, I'll go get him. He wasn't trying to hurt us. And Brandon goes, commissioner already approved. And as he does... He says this, um, Batman's in the building. It says this building set for demolition and a helicopter drops a bomb into the building and the building explodes. And that's where the chapter ends. Oh, wow. And you see like the SWAT starting to enter. Dude, this was cool. <laughs> I love Frank Miller. I, like I said, I love the born again stories. And then it's David uh, Mazzuccelli who are, who did the art for this and born again as well. Okay. Um, this is such a cool take on Batman. One of my issues with Batman always, like, personally, is I hate the thought of him being invincible. I just, it bugs me. I love this. And it was, I said the same thing with Born Again. I love, like, seeing Batman tired and, like, 
oh man, like, and questioning what he's doing and not being totally calculated that, like, I like seeing this young Batman. I love seeing into Jim Gordon's brain because that's, it's really cool too. This is such a cool story. Um, it's easy for me. The art, Mazzuccelli is incredible. It is like this weird mixture of dark, but colorful at the same time. It's a right. 10. Okay. Um, I'll tell you now, it's a 10 all the way down. This is my 50. Oh, wow. This okay. is my 50. This is incredible. Um, just the storytelling, the different takes in the people's minds. And at this time, like I said, this, Batman, this is a whole new story. And if just if you could kind of tell when I was reading this, um, like I said, this story influenced the Dark Knight, the the relationships with Harvey and Batman, and then them thinking Harvey was um, the Batman himself. And yeah. Like, how we the perceptions of Gordon as lieutenant and perceptions of Gordon as this good guy that we see in both Gotham and all the Batman movies like this story influenced almost all of the Batman lore going forward this story really set that up I I personally think um and you can really see that and this was only chapter two I read the first two chapter and the first chapter is just as good and you actually never see Bruce Bruce in the Batman suit in the first chapter it's just him like deciding how to do it because he actually gets caught uh and ends up fighting Selena Kyle totally out of suit Oh, really? Just trying to, like, he, like, did some basic makeup and was doing recon and got caught up uh, defending a, like, a, a stripper who ends up stabbing him because he just, he he was still brash and young. This was a great book. I, I love this. And I, I actually misspoke earlier, Killing Joke. Uh, but Frank Miller and Alan Moore, their stories, like, this, his run of um, Dark Knight Returns, like, so much of their two stories tell us who the Joker is nowadays. So I just, I think these are really, that was a really important book. Um, I'm going to finish year one now. Because I love it's that. So good. I love that. No, I'm so glad, I'm glad you picked that one as a solid one. So 50 out of 50, perfect oh, score. I'm yeah. um, here for our Batman. Year biopic. one. Year Batman one. year one. Yeah. Very good. All right. Johnny Townsend. All right. For, I'm assuming we're going with the early books first, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I was lucky in that I was gifted, uh, the Batman, the dailies. It's a humongous book of all the sun, the, uh, newspaper versions of Batman had put in from 1943 to 1946. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I've read the first, they kind of divided up into chapters. And by that, I mean like each chapter is a full story. So I okay. read through, so I read the first full story in it and it is a treasure trove of awesomeness <laughs> i really really enjoyed this the there's no uh there's no major villain in it it's none of the villains that we know it's they're all just kind of uh uh you know it's a gang but it's never anybody you've heard of and the only characters you know are batman robin and uh commissioner gordon those are the one names you will recognize and the gist of it is this one guy has has gotten out of prison uh, and they're trying to figure out how this happened they're trying to catch him right and so they're going after this guy and the reason i really like this honestly is one of the parts that gets overlooked about batman yes all the his fighting skills are amazing and i love seeing that stuff but he's also an incredible detective yep. and this story really puts that in the in the focus like it really shows you what all he and robin do as detectives not just as uh, you know, physically fighting people. They do both in this book, which I really like. Uh, <clears throat> so they come, they, they find out that uh, this guy was broken out of jail by other, by, by a gang. And they couldn't figure out 
what was happening here. But there's all kinds of twists and turns. I don't want to give everything away. I really want people to read this. <laughs> there's, there's, they actually put twists and turns in this. It's like an M. Not Shyamalan if he'd written Batman in the 40s. <laughs> really? It, it, there's, there's a twist in this. They introduce a character at the beginning that you've never heard of, and he has a major twist in this story. Uh, at one point, uh, they, they also really show how young uh, Dick Grayson is in this, and he makes mistakes because he's young. And he gets captured by the gang at one point because he he got ahead of himself, and he the, the gang was getting getting away by boat. They're at, they're in Gotham Harbor and they're getting away by boat. And Robin jumps on the boat to try to stop them, and it's just him. Batman wasn't there, and you know that's him just being young, thinking he could do this. Hmm. And he gets caught, and he's the reason they catch him and they don't kill him yet is because they're setting him up to be bait to get Batman because that's who they really want to get. Right. Uh, so Batman's already kind of established in this. It's 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 such an incredible read to, re- to go back and read this old stuff. Uh, they go back. Uh, Batman eventually, obviously, goes to the <laughs> goes to the, the the gang's hideout, and he knows and he knows it's a trap, and he springs a trap on purpose, <laughs> and uh, he goes and he saves he saves Robin, but then <laughs> but then he's taken out by a, a can of tomatoes. <laughs> Uh, so here's here's what happens. I want to name three things that happens in this book that are absolute favorite things that I've read in a long time. <laughs> Batman gets knocked out when a when a person throws a can of tomatoes at his head. That's one. That's important. Uh, I hope uh, that goes in your score. It a hundred percent. You have no idea. Uh, at one point, when the gangs on lookout waiting on Batman to arrive at their hideout, uh, of course they have two gangs up in a tree waiting on Batman. And they're up in this really, really high tree. This tree's drawn like it's twenty feet tall or something. And <laughs> and up there, and how are you going to communicate with those two guys? You know, this is the forties, guys. This is World War Two era, literally. Uh, what they do is they tie a telephone around the tree up there. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> love that. Are you sure? That's all. That's it. That that's how they do it. And my favorite thing that happens in this book, and I've shared this with Matt before when I was reading this. I actually even sent oh, yeah. Matt a picture of the panel. I sent Greg, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robin, when he's stowed away on the boat, before he hides in this uh, in the uh, Lifesaver boat, and there just happens to be a cat in there with him for some reason, randomly. And when he pops out to surprise the, the, the gang, he throws the cat at them first. <laughs> a live cat. He just throws it, at, just chucks that it. sounds at. like Robin to me, though. Yeah. That's like perfect Robin. At least Dick Grayson. <laughs> I so, uh, happy about that one. I really love that part. I mean, I've saved that panel on my phone. That panel is so funny to me. <laughs> it's not what see- I expected to happen in a Batman in a Batman read for me. No, that really throws you off. You also, I mean, <laughs> I know the, the listeners can't see it, but you showed a picture of, maybe I'll put, I'll probably put it on the panel discussion Facebook page, of the old Batcave. That was in there too. I thought yeah. that was a really cool panel. Yeah, they even showed the old Batcave and how like Wayne Manor just looks like a normal house to me on this one. It's like a small house and this huge underground cave, and they label everything really cool for you. So that part's pretty awesome too. Yeah, they're really they're really introducing you to uh, to Batman here, and I really liked it. But but I'm I'm not kidding. They really go out of their way to show you that he's not just someone who's going to go punch a criminal's lights out, and he does do that in his book. But he's also an actual detective. They actually try to figure out clues and to figure out what's going on and to try to stay ahead of the gang. And at one point, he even dons a disguise 
and 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 does that. So he does everything in this one chapter here. Yeah, he's don't think it's really missing. Is, I'm sorry. The only thing that's really missing is like one of his uh, iconic rogues gallery, but that's other than that. See, I'm okay with that though. I don't know. Batman's like a character who could who could fight like who could street just fight level? like a basic street level gang member, and I'm like I'm instantly hooked. Like it's okay for him, and like even Spider Man too. But there's some heroes like they have to have that rogues that 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 villain, but uh, that iconic villain. But there's like Batman and, and Spider Man are like I'm okay with them fighting street level. That's why they've always criminals. had the gang presence. Like you've had like Copperhead or Hammerhead and all that, and yeah. Spider Man, and then you yeah. had like. Falcone and Black Mask and all of them for for Batman because you can uh, have those. Puppet too. What's Scarface? Scar. I love Scarface. I have a comic for you, by the way. Oh, do you? <laughs> okay. I did yeah. read a Scarface book. Yes. Before that was a cool one, but yeah, without a doubt. All right, Johnny, ready to review it? Score it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, let's go through. So it's artwork, action, story, dialogue, and if I would reread it, right? Yes. Yes. All right. Um. All right, this is old school. This is literally during World War II, so Batman's just starting, just like in Matt's story here. Uh, I I I would go back and read this in a second. I really enjoyed how this book literally has everything from action where he's fighting stuff and throwing cats uh, to uh, the, he does actual detective work in this. Uh, he uh, the <laughs> everything about this book is amazing. I'm trying to pull up on my phone. Uh, talking about dialogue, uh, what Robin says when he throws the cap. Uh, he says, uh, oh man, I just had a second. Bear with me. Bear with me. Here it is. Okay. Uh, so he, so Robin, this panel, Robin pops up out of the, out of the lifesaver boat and he goes, here's the cat. And that's where he throws the cat at him. <laughs> and then he goes, and here's the bird. And that's where he does like a flying tackle at these guys. <laughs> so this book literally has everything. Uh, man. I'm not going to give it a 50, but I am going to say that this book is, I, I approve and think people should read this book and any age can read this book too. I think that's kind of vital here. Right. It's a good starting point for a lot of people who, uh, let's say you have kids and you really want them to like Batman. Like, I think this is a good starting point for that. Uh, I'm going to give this overall, I think this is a solid, a solid 45 out of 50 45. for me. Ooh, okay. I really like this. It's still up there. Yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. It's it's a very if you're looking for a dark Batman, don't go here. But if you're looking for a fun read that really helps you understand all the things that Batman can do, he's not just a guy who's a good fighter. Then I recommend this book a lot. I think that's one of the things that made like the Arkham games so much fun is like you could do like the detective stuff as much as well as doing all the fighting. Like yeah. it made it fun being able to like set traps or like having to like follow the evidence to what you had to get to. And like that really set that like bat detective Batman um, in motion. And I really like that. Yeah. And I, re- and I really love that. Uh, I feel like I was reading stories that were written by some of the people who originally created Batman, you know, Kane and finger are all involved with this book. Uh, so that too was kind of cool for me as a as a Batman nerd. So uh, tell the story how you came into possession of that book. Yeah, Did it's actually kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> um, oh no! Yeah, I one of my uh, I'm really my best friend who I do retro bliss with. Uh, his father in law had had a guy who was who wasn't his biological dad, but he might as well have been his dad, and he and he passed away. And he had all these books, and they didn't know what to do with them. 
so I ended up getting a bunch of these books, and he had apparently he would he'd love to get these dailies, like you know they put them in collections for you in hardback. So I got a, I got two Batman ones, a Superman one, which I'm really anxious to read, and a, and a Peanuts like Snoopy and, and you know oh, Charlie Brown, like yeah. And as a guy who, and just so people know, and, and this is me slightly bragging here, I am an artist. So just looking oh, yeah. at the artwork in these, including the peanuts, by the way, that's a major influence on me. I flip and love. So, yeah. So sad reason I got it, but I'm, but they're really, I'm really glad I have them. So what you're saying is we have to do a Superman episode. So you have an excuse to cover that one. Only if you come yeah. up to the convention. Yep. <laughs> and when you, you do a peanuts episode. Yes. <laughs> We should do one. Like I think that'd be a good one for like like newspaper, like like a newspaper comic strip. Like yeah. Well, that was what got me into comic books was comic strips. Honestly, so I I would read I would read Calvin and Hobbes, and I would read Far Side, and all these uh, and Garfield, and all these books that I loved, and that got me into comic books. I read a lot of Boondocks, so when it became a TV show, it messed me up. So I mean, you are obviously you are an artist. You do a lot of stuff. You did. Um, you recently did some cool stuff for Upper Deck, I think, with Deadpool. Yeah, I got. I, I can oh, talk about that yeah, now. About that one. Yeah, yeah, that. I can talk about that now because they officially really. It's my first time doing any doing any quote unquote official work that the Marvel's names on. So that was a big deal for me, and it's just like a when you get you know, I did this a lot when I was a kid. I'd go to the store and I would beg my parents to buy me a pack of of Batman or Ninja Turtle trading cards. Well, those are still in stores and stuff, but now uh, there's a chance where you can actually pull, if you get lucky enough and get the right pack in a store, you can pull something that has original artwork from different artists on it. And I got lucky enough to get invited to do one on a Deadpool set. So uh, if you see Deadpool cards out there and you try to get one with artwork on it, it might be mine. And that's original stuff. So, Are you allowed to discuss how that all came about or no? Uh, I'm not supposed to give a lot of details. Apparently, I don't know why they're very secretive about it. But I will say that, I will say that I had sent them samples before years ago. Never heard anything, so I just gave up on it. And then out of nowhere, I got an email from them. It was like a, it was like the bat signal had showed up, and and I wasn't prepared for it, so it kind of shocked me. So I don't really know what to tell people. As in XTTW's Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. So it just kind of happened. I got really lucky. That's awesome, though. I think, still think that's the coolest thing. I got to find some. I got to find where these Deadpool cards are. Being yeah, they're supposed we, to be in store soon if they're not already. Like just oh, so if we find them target. and then yeah. we pull some, Johnny really has to come because then he can sign them so we can give us. them away at the con. Oh, we're going to get him. <laughs> Technically, I've already signed it, but. <laughs> well, now you have to re-sign it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very good. All right, folks, listen at home. We're going to take a very quick commercial break to plug one of our other shows, and uh, we'll be right back and finish this episode up. I'm Matt Johnson. It's your boy, see him, a.k.a. the nerd, a.k.a. the world heavyweight champion of live broadcast. Holding it down for all supremacy is the bad guy, Caddy. Yeah, and even though this is a podcast about video games, it's a podcast for everyone. Every Friday here on the BICBP Radio Network, make sure you tune in. Make sure you listen to it whenever you're on the way to work, whenever you're on the way home from work. And when you get in and you put that video game in and you hear that disc spinning around, you might as well just realize you can't start any game without pushing start. 
All right, we are back here. We're going to finish up this awesome Batman episode that we're doing here. Um, it's been, I've been learning a lot. You know, I, I, you know, I, I know what I know about Batman. Like, I grew up in the 90s. You know what I mean? I like what I've always known. But the, looking back, like, this, that first book I did, it was the first time I ever read like an old original comic book story about Batman. I got to see that origin, which is, um, which which is really cool. It's pretty eye opening, and I mean, I can already tell we're gonna find some vast changes in his. Uh, oh yeah, in his personality. Um, I'll start off this second half, and I actually it's kind of cool. I did the earliest known book of Batman, and I've done the most recent known book of yeah. Batman. Um, I was at David Adams yesterday. I picked up um, it's a new run of Batman. Um, male, it's called Maelstrom of the Mind. And it's uh, just oh, came out, came out recently, and issue number sixty six. And yeah, I think it came out last week. But um, I'm not going to say there's not a whole lot of it. But the story revolves around Selena Kyle, oh. um, and it just talking about Batman. What the question? The question. <laughs> she she's being questioned. Selena by Kyle, the question. By the question. Selena Kyle's <laughs> being questioned. Um. Trying to figure out something about Batman because apparently Selena Kyle has left Batman um, at the altar, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. It was this huge. Oh, that was such a. She left a note, right? Because it, yeah, it was such a like a, a a tease. They were so like everyone made such a big deal out of this bat wedding, and then it never happened, and like fans were pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a huge built up thing. That's that's sad. Um, but there's she's essentially just talking about their relationship, um, and what it was like to team up with Batman, which is you know that's another vast change, um, in comic books because I mean they started off opposing sides, they, they've battled mm-hmm. quite a bit, but there's, I think there's always kind of been a romantic interest in them. But um, Selena Kyle is telling the story of her double crossing Harvey Dent, Two Face, with uh. With Batman, she paid Harvey paid her two million two hundred twenty-two thousand two hundred twenty-two dollars and twenty-two cents for a setup of Batman, and then she ended up double double crossing him, uh, double crossing Harvey Dent, and Batman um, beat him up. But uh, she goes, "Yeah, I donated all the money to charity." But she kept she kept this diamond that was part of the uh, part of the setup. But you know, throughout the book, she just. She just really tells about how good of a person he is. I mean, this is, you know, Batman with with morals, and this is definitely not him killing people, uh, like the very first read. Yeah. But, you know, just she kind of gives an inside look at his mind, which which I think is cool, like a different perspective, you know, talking about there's a, there's a little clip of Superman, Wonder Woman, and him fighting some, like, Kraken thing. And, you know, she goes, oh, they have powers, they're gods, but but what is he? And, you know, all he has is a vow. You know, he swears by the spirit of his parents to avenge their deaths by warring on all criminals. And, you know, just, just showing his character about no matter how much he, uh, you know, they knock it, they knock him down. It's cool. Cause they show the classic villains too, which, which I appreciate, you know, it's penguin Riddler, Mr. Freeze Joker, but not no matter how many times they, they knock him down, beat him up. He always gets back up and, saves the day 
the next panel. Yeah, they show like that. I wish I could describe it to you better, but they show Batman like bleeding on his knees on one side of the panel, and the other panel, it's it's different. It's the different villains that I just listed. Um, Freeze Joker, um, Riddler, Penguin. Uh, but on the other side, it's it's him getting back up and and pretty much fighting back. Um, you know, it, it, it's just an inside look at him, and it really gives it a different perspective. Um, I learned a little bit about the modern Batman through this because, as we all know, he's a very secretive character. He's even, um, I mean, you, you see him in like Justice League runs where he's secretive to his teammates, oh, yeah. and it gives people a bad vibe. But he just has a lot that goes on in his head. Um, he just doesn't trust anyone. He's he's the Stone Cold Steve Austin of, of comic books. <laughs> I think is the best way to put it. But, um, yeah, it's just a whole lot of insight, and um, I mean it's. <laughs> that ad this is a job for oh this is a little man oh, scores the dc universe because oh. this is a job for and he goes crap i'm already in my costume i just saw superman's nipples and was really confused <laughs> <laughs> and oddly moist my pantaloons <laughs> uh, i am married everybody um so i mean that's it it's just a like a, a like i said it just came out this week it's worth a read and it's just a whole new perspective of, of Batman from somebody close to him that um, isn't necessarily so close anymore. So let me review it. Let me rate it. Really can, quick. I, can I ask something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Who, uh, did you say who wrote, who, uh, who's writing this? Like, I don't, I don't know if you said it or not. And that King forties. Uh, I think let's see. It's, it's King. He's also doing the heroes in crisis. Currently. He's like the okay. former CIA agent. Um, okay. Like, like real life, he's a former CIA agent turned comic book writer. Kind of cool. So, all right. Snyder's already doing so much for Batman right now. <laughs> all right, let's get in the review. Artwork, uh, very realistic. I actually love it. Not the biggest fan of modern art, but when done well, um, it's not bad. I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, action. Not a whole lot. Like I said, it was basically a, like a retelling. And there was a couple, I mean, there was a couple like flashback scenes showing showing some aggressiveness, some some hand-to-hand combat, but it was very minimal. So I'm going to give the action a five. Story, really cool. I mean, it was it was Catwoman in, in the question um, talking about Batman. It was, it was just a nice look. I'm not sure where this fits into this story. Because um, I have not read any previous issues um, of it, but it was actually pretty good for a standalone. So I'm going to give the the story a nine. Um, dialogue, obviously, the whole book was very dialogue driven, um, and it was exceptionally well. I'm going to give the dialogue a ten. Rereadability, there's a lot to it, and a lot of cool imagery. Um, it's a good story. Sometimes, you know. Like, I would read it to take everything in again. Like Kind of like you go see a movie that you like twice to, to kind of really absorb, absorb everything. I, I would actually read this again. I'm going to give it a 9, giving it a score of 41 out of 50 for Batman number 66, Maelstrom of the Mind. All right, Greg, you are up. Sweet. I am covering something a little different. It's outside of the normal Batman universe a little bit. And I think... Uh... You're going to be covering a similar story, but I'm doing the Batman Who Laughs, uh, number three. So this is the current six-issue miniseries that's out. 
it is a Snyder written book. Snyder did this. He's doing the Batman who laughs. He's currently doing Batman. Oh, what the heck is it? He's doing another Batman story where the world is basically in an apocalypse and the only Batman is alive. And the only thing he has to like, the only person he has with him is Joker's talking head that's attached to his belt. So that's about to come out. So, uh, so Snyder, Snyder, in my opinion, Miller, Snyder, Alan Moore have had some of the biggest effects on the modern Batman. I think Snyder's done crazy amounts of stuff. And this Batman Who Laughs is awesome. So I'm going to read it. It starts off with um, just Bruce Wayne in his head um, talking about how his dad wanted to be a neurosurgeon and work on neuromedicine. Um, things that like he's talking about, like true happiness lives inside your mind. And it's showing Bruce like in the cave with all the bats surrounding him. Uh, and he's talking about how he's making his fears worse and um, he's forgetting what it's like, what it's like to like reach up and find something and it's something that like, or reach up and find nothing or find something that he wasn't expecting to find. Uh, and then it cuts over Jim Gordon again. Like I said, Jim Gordon's like huge and like, he's very important. Uh, I think we forget how integral he is to the Batman story. So wasn't he Batman for a short period of time? He was. He was yeah. like, he was shaved and he had a mohawk and he had a mecha, <laughs> mecha Batman suit. It was weird. I, I wasn't crazy about it. <laughs> but uh, Jim is actually talking to his son, James, or J.J. Gordon, who is a psychopath reformed. He was like a, a serial killer. And J.J., um, you can see he's missing one eye, but they're talking about how he's on this neuro drug now that helps him to um, feel sane. Like he actually feels guilt and remorse where before he didn't, he was just killing people and not caring. Uh, and he's trying to ask him for help. And that's when Batman shows up and it's a very different Batman. He's like dark and um, like you can barely see anything. And he's actually got bright red eyes and there's a reason. Um, and he says, look, I need to know about the plans that you have um, to kill the city in a hundred different ways. And JJ is like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. How would you know? And he, he convinces JJ basically to reveal like the plans because um, the other Batman, the Batman who laughs, who is the mix between the Batman and the Joker. Uh, he is basically what would happen to Bruce. He was Bruce Wayne. But what happened is when um, Joker shot himself in the heart, and he had a, a neurotoxin that released that began to infect Bruce and turn him into the Joker. So this is a Batman who's both um, really cool. So that's who he's trying to fight currently. He also has been infected by the same virus, though. So there's a possibility that two of these Joker Batman will exist. And he's trying to figure out um, this this Batman who laughs has set up a plan to kill everyone and taken away all of the escapes even Batman could plan for. So he's working with JJ now to try to figure out um, like how he could get away. And he's like reading, telling JJ, basically JJ's rap sheet. Like at 13 year olds, you were a legend. You could like figure out all of these puzzles, all of this stuff. Like I know what you are. You need to help me. And he's like foaming at the mouth while he's doing this. Um, and then JJ's holding like a scanner because he's working in a grocery store and there's a red dot on the ground. And he goes, wait a minute. That's not from the scanner. And Batman dives in front. And my favorite current Batman, the Grim Knight, walks in, uh, unloading with an M16. <laughs> what the? <laughs> and Batman is like, him and this is great. He like saves him, and him and the Grim Knight start fighting. And the Grim Knight steals JJ. Um, 
and there's this like standoff where the Grim Knight's holding an AK at uh, Batman, and Batman's only got his grappling hook, and he fires the grappling hook, and the Grim Knight like you missed he's no i didn't and it pulls him up onto the bridge and he tries to save jj Um, the grim knight gets down and it's just this back and forth fight until finally they actually steal gordon instead of um instead of jj because that's who they were really for for the last laugh it's called and he just says like this is who i was really trying to steal you lost again and then it cuts over to the penguins iceberg lounge and the Batman who laughs is there and just starts killing everybody. He actually has an umbrella of his own. And as he opens it, it just flamethrowers everyone around them. And he like breaks the ice. So people start like sinking into the water. Um, one thug comes to save him and he like stabs him in the neck with poison. And then he has this like steel helmet on and he shoves one of the spikes through the, the, the guy's face by headbutting him, and just torches everything. And well, damn. Um, <laughs> he says look into a guy who worked for you named matches malone and po- joe or penguin's just looking at him and it cuts back over and like batman's like freaking out trying to figure out what he can do to stop um everything that's happening trying to figure out like how he could stop the joker or the batman who laughs and the joker who in the previous was shot and shot himself in the heart now has come back to life um because Alfred's been doing like surgery on him and basically tells like Batman, like, you know what you need to do. Batman's been taking these antidotes to keep himself from turning into the Batman who laughs himself. Uh, And Alfred and him get into this heated argument going back and forth. Like you need to be brave, climb up, climb out of there, like um, be strong. You don't want people to die. And they're going back and forth. And then it ends with Batman saying, um, plans have changed and he sticks on the helmet just like the batman who laughs and he stands there laughing uh, and that's where it ends so it's a much different look at batman is that the newest one this is the newest okay. yeah um like i said there's issue four I love coming it. out next week I it's so it. cool you're getting and I, i'm not i don't want to talk too much about metal because i know johnny's going to be talking about it a little bit but it just opened up this dark multiverse where you can kind of it's more about like Batman if he was evil or Batman if he like gave away a few of his morals and I really love it because you get to see this this Batman Joker and the Grim Knight who's essentially um, a hiked up Thomas Wayne like Batman if he just went full military and was willing to use flamethrowers and machine guns and all sorts of stuff um, and his look is awesome it's like Punisher Batman and I love it but it's a very different telling of it and I, I really I do really enjoy it um, I'll start grading it artwork is good I, I really like it I'm actually starting to switch with you, Matt. I'm starting to enjoy older art more than the modern. In some I convinced ways. you. I completely convinced you. But now you. you're starting to go the other way. <laughs> I feel a sometimes. little bit. A little bit. <laughs> um, I'm going to give the art a seven. Seven. Okay. Action. Oh, there was so much action. Just like the. Dude, it was. I mean, you just talented. it. I can picture it. And it's very. So good. Very graphic. Pretty, yes. Uh, like I said, this panel, like he's just literally just headbutting his spike through this dude's That's nose cavity. That's the coolest thing. That's the coolest panel. Crazy. Uh, I'm going to give the action a 10 because okay. there is a lot and it's really well done, really well drawn. Um, story. 
I got the story. I got to give it a nine. It's so super original, very well done, very well told. It doesn't feel rushed or forced in any way, uh, and it is taking place in a different universe. And this this Dark Knight, like this Batman who laughs, has been like dropping different Batman that like different versions of Bruce Wayne down just to mess with them. Um, so it's kind of cool, like just the weird stuff and how they're incorporating the different universes. Dialogue. The dialogue's incredible. The the little speech at the end. Um, between Batman and Alfred is really well done. I'm going to give that a 10 as well. Okay. And then rereadability, I will give, I'll give a nine. I, I'm going to finish this whole series and I'm going to keep reading these. I actually um, have been trying to convince you and Gullo for a while now to read the Dark Knight's Metal storyline. I've been getting that from a lot of people. Because yeah. it's so good. And then this is just a really great tie-in of it. And I, I really am enjoying it. And now they're doing a Grim Knight tie-in as well uh in march so i'm excited for that it's like a bigger one shot for him so yeah i just i really i really enjoy this run of batman cool uh 45 out of 50 for that one 45 out of 50 for that's number three for the number three for the batman who laughs so very good all right johnny townsend take us home hey real quick i really like the name grim knight that's i don't know why but i like so good that's such a great name I, like, uh, I love it. I hate it because I know it's going to be like a bunch of like, like trash bag indies, like entrance name now <laughs> at the same time going into wrestling. But it's so good. <laughs> he looks awesome. <laughs> well, wrestling would never do that. I don't know what you're talking about. No, never. <laughs> they won't wear a Punisher shirt or Batman cowl to the ring. <laughs> so speaking of metal. I, I I am a I am a giant giant Snyder Batman fan. I love the I love the run he's done. Uh, him and Capolo both. I'm a big fan of both those guys. Uh, I really like uh, Capolo's art style. He's, he kind of gives. I almost want to say his art has like a squarish look to it. I know it sounds weird, but it it, it sort of looks like he gives like a box like feel to his characters. He's got a certain style. If you see. If you see his Batman, you know it's his Batman, uh, and I really like that. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of with with you guys though when it comes to art. I love the more for me. This is just me personally. I love the more stylized stuff where I can see somebody's handprints all over it. If that makes any sense, yeah, yeah, that's the stuff that really speaks to me. Uh, so I was I've always wanted to read metal. I just had never gotten around to it. I had read the two. Uh, there was like two issues that kind of led up to metal. I've read those, so I kind of knew some things going into this, but that was years ago whenever this came out, and I'd already forgotten some of the stuff. Uh, so this is the very first issue of Metal. Uh, this is basically, uh, I mean, it's a Batman story, but the Justice League is, is all over this one. Uh, the one thing I always loved about Batman-centric Justice League stories is that you get to see how Batman kind of interacts with other with his peers. Uh, you know, uh, other heroes, how he kind of interacts with them has always been really cool to me. Um, you know, how, how he interacts with Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, all the Flash, all these other iconic heroes, I think has always been pretty cool. Um, so that you get to see that it, this this issue starts with a fight. There's like a giant fight off Earth, oh, not even on Earth. In this. Yeah, and uh, they're losing, of course. Uh, but of course, you know who, who figures out how to win. Of course, it's it's Batman. Spoiler alert! I'm not going to spoil a lot of things. Cause I, I'm going to agree with Greg here. I think this is something people should read. I only read the first issue, but it was good enough for me to want to read the rest of them. 
But just remember, my review score at the end is going to be based on just reading one issue of this and not knowing where this is going or knowing the full story. I think it's kind of important to know here. Um, it, it basically boils down to uh, the the ninth metal or ninth metal. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce nth that. Metal, yeah. Nth metal, thank you. And that's this uh, special type of metal, and it's kind of bringing in another multiverse. The dark multiverse is kind of coming into this. And and who's at the center of bringing all this, uh, you know, to fruition? Of course, is the Wayne family because they're always involved with stuff, <laughs> and uh, that, that always makes me laugh. Every time something bad or something's happened in the past, a Wayne has something to do with it. <laughs> it seems to be, uh, and that's no different here. And uh, when they get back to Earth, a giant mountain of. I guess is how you would describe it. Just uh, just landed on top of in the middle of Gotham, and it destroyed. And I'm going to assume murdered all these people when it did so. And they're trying to figure out what this is, and they go inside, and they figure out that it's it's hollow inside. So they go inside and see what's happening, and um, and it kind of goes off from there. That's when you discover that what that a Wayne is behind this. It was kind of a just man. It's just such a weird story to even describe there's a lot of exposition in this yes uh, it's very exposition exposition heavy and it's tough for me sometimes to get through stuff like it i understand and it and it needs to be there especially in the first issue but just know that going in the very first issue it's setting up a lot of stuff assuming that you didn't read the two books before this and uh, it does a good job of setting stuff up but man i had to reread some of those panels twice <laughs> oh yeah because uh, there's a lot there's a lot 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 there so just know that going in this is very dialogue heavy uh, but uh, I'm going to give this a score of, I've been thinking about this. I'm trying to take out my Snyder Kapulu fandom out of it and be fair to what I read. Again, I have not read the full thing. I want to read the full thing. So it did its job there of getting me to want to read more. That's your homework. Cause it's, it's my favorite like Batman story, right? Well, not anymore after reading year one. It's one of my favorite Batman stories. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely going to finish it because I—I I mean, I've—I've I've loved Snyder and Capullo's stuff before here, so they—they've uh, definitely earned the benefit of a doubt from me. Uh, I'm going to give this a a forty. I feel it's very, very good. I cannot give it above the early book I read, uh, but again, must—if you came back and asked me after I read all the metal what I would give this score, it, it would—I I got a feeling it'd be higher. Oh yeah. So. Now just know that going in, this is just the very first book. I do recommend that, Matt. I think you should give it a try. I'm going oh, to finish this the series. How many books is in this? Do you know, Greg? Um, there. So it's. It, I'm not sure off the top of my head because there's like six for the main story, and then each there's like the villains involved. Each villain has their own origin story book separate, and then there's a a Batman a separate Batman book as well. Um, okay. because he's doing something else. So there's a couple. It's not too too bad of a read, and especially like those origins books. Like I wouldn't gloss over them; they're incredible, uh, and they're they're so fun. But yeah, it's it's a really it's a it's a bigger story. I think it, I want to say it's twelve books overall. But okay, like yeah, I think it was like, like a said, year it, long, right? It's yeah, it's not like a this is a long twelve. I read the whole Dark Knight's Metal story in a day and a half. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. I think. I think if you love Batman, you you should give us a try. And uh, it's uh, the reason I was very. I didn't want to give away a lot is because I really think people should read it. It's. Oh yeah. I really liked what I've seen so far. Of course, the artwork's fantastic. I'm, I mean, I'm a Capullo fan, so I'm going to back that up no matter what. 
And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I was very lucky that both the, the Batman books that I got to read for this show, I really liked. So thank you. Yeah. And that, Oh, the, the sequence, the ending, the climax of that opening fight sequence is just so random and incredible without giving a spoiler yes. that I, I love it so much. <laughs> yes. It's very random. And I had to go back and read it and be like, Did, okay. <laughs> Did I want happen? an action figure of that. Like I want yeah. that. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll, uh, it's very um, Transformers Power Rangers-ish. Oh yeah, oh, so good. That's a that's a weird spoiler, but it's very related to those those things. People are like, "What?" Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I recommend it. It's it's really good. Um, but I think one of my favorite things, though, going back to this and any of the uh, Batman stories that are within Justice League stories, is just seeing his interactions and his actual relationships with other members of the Justice League. Uh, it's it's always it always it fascinates me because out of all those he seems to garner the most respect but yet of course he's the one without any actual powers yeah and it's so, so cool. it, it, you know. yeah it's very cool and this this the dark knight's metal definitely expands upon that and goes like dang if batman really like wanted to mess us up <laughs> i mean he Good. really did i mean what was that i forgot the name of it one of my favorite uh graphic novels that i have it's in, it's in my collection somewhere is where basically Batman had set up all the if 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 yeah, one of the just like it went bad, yeah, I think it's Tower of Babel or something like that. Yeah, if, if one of them it went bad, how he would take them down, and he basically takes down the Justice League. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is a similar similar deal. And uh, but one of the things um, to segue, I don't know, we talked with actually these stories, which is kind of crazy to me. None of these were like rogues heavy. No, they were. They're, and I think Batman's rogues, like Joker is the obvious one, but like Two-Face uh, is very underrated. Penguin is one of the most underrated rogues, in my opinion. I feel like Gotham shined a huge light on him, but I feel like Penguin is one of the, has had like some of the biggest impacts on Batman stories. I I love Batman's older, his original like rogues gallery. I love Mr. Freeze, Riddler, oh. um, Joker, Penguin, Catwoman, um, you know, guys like Bane and and Killer Croc, Clayface, you know what I mean? More so with like Penguin, Freeze, Joker, Catwoman, and Riddler. I mean, those those characters, you know, they often represent, Mm -hmm. like when I think of them, I think of like the old, like 66. And 60s, like those original villains that might not like translate. Um, People might not always think, hey, these guys translate to modern Batman. Like if they go see like a like a newer Batman movie, yeah. if one comes out, they're like, "Man, I can't picture the Riddler in this." You know what oh, I mean? I, I could. Which now I could because I would love to see the you, Riddler as like a seven esque villain, dude. I know. <laughs> I I want I would I want another Riddler. I think Jim Carrey would do a really good dark like dark take on the Riddler character too. But that's a debate for another day. Um, I so well, he, Snyder I had a really good now, uh, Snyder had a really good run yeah. with Riddler. I thought it was very yeah. fascinating. Yeah. He took over the whole city, basically. Yeah. And... You got Scarecrow. Uh, oh, Rachel oh, Scarecrow, Green. yes. Like, Raish isn't mentioned enough. And now I think you hear Batman 2, Court of Owls and the Red Hood are, like, instants that you think about now. And that, that wasn't until the recent, like, 2007 yeah. or 2, I think. That's There's another one. Yeah. Oh, but speaking but yeah, of, speaking of Bane... Like, you mentioned Bane earlier. I have a memory of when I was a kid 
and that running of where Bane breaks Batman's back and the comic cover has that where he's got Batman bent over his knee. I saw it in a grocery store and begged my parents to buy that for me. And it's one of my first uh, memories of Bane is is that comic. And I flipping loved it. (laughs) That comic launched my buddy actually just posted. He has almost every single Nightfall run. Um, wow, he's he's got it's really cool. I was just looking at his collection on Facebook, but that launched like uh, you had Dick Grayson in the cowl for the first time. You had uh, Azriel from the the Saints of Dumas for the first time in the cowl. You had like all these different people like doing that battle, like who gets to really be Batman from Nightfall. So there, it, that was a really cool iconic moment. That was the first time we ever saw Batman like as Vincible, as breakable, right? It's crazy. Like there's so much, like you could talk and I've, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, like Gotham itself is so ever changing and different. And there's so much to Batman. Uh, yeah. To me, I think he has the most expansive solo universe of any hero ever. Yeah. Gotham itself could be a character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now you add like the dark metal stuff in there and it's even bigger. I mean, I just, for example, and I'm going to let, and I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of what I'm about to admit here. Uh, I love Lego, and I love the Lego video Me games, too. and I and I play those video games all the time. They just released the newest Lego game was like Lego DC Villains. Yeah, and, it's awesome, and it's very great. But one of the greatest things is uh, uh, all these iconic places are there. Gotham is there, and Metropolis is there. And if you go near Metropolis, it's like sunny and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> the second the second you get into uh, Gotham City, it's all dark and rainy. <laughs> It's, and they're right next Chicago. to each other in this game. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to it's be beautiful. like nighttime Chicago. Yeah, it's amazing. So, <laughs> so good. That's too funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's so much we could we could do like a literally record an episode or episode for a whole week, like I'm each Batman. day every week for Batman. Talk That's... about his villains. Talk about Pennyworth. Like Alfred is has such heavy lore nowadays, and like his SAS background, and like. So much, right? You know, obviously, Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl. Well, and there's been there's been multiple Robins. There's yeah. been Damian Wayne. There's been Spoiler. There's been like all sorts. That would be a fun one to do a, a little a look into. Just like this. there's been there's and been I, the I Robin do... where the there's been the Robin where the audience literally said, "Let's kill him." Yeah, uh, Stephanie Brown, Duke. Oh, I can't think of his name. There's a there's a new Robin. Well, he was Robin Duke something. Uh, he was like the first black Robin, but now he's named Beacon. Right. Like so much. There's a lot. There's a We Are Robin story where Batman is missing and literally all of these kids take up the Robin outfit and start fighting crime. I love it. That's yeah, there's where a came from. So good. There's a great there's a great run. I think it might have been a Morrison when Morrison was doing Batman. Uh where it's uh where Dick Grayson is now Batman and Damian Wayne is Robin. And it's such yes. a great oh, so good. It's really good, especially their interactions with each other. That's part uh, it, part of We Are Robin. They're um they're they're the the current running ones. Yeah, so I recommend that book too. By the way, it's very good. There's a whole like high, there's this weird like uh, Gotham High where like Damian Wayne's in high school and they're doing like this weird like it's a mystical like almost Hogwarts Gotham. Is it high on the school. CW? <laughs> No, it's a it's a comic book run. Oh, okay. <laughs> sounds like a CW. It sounds show. like it, it's going to be a CW show someday, right? But like it, it's really good. It's obvious. It very much plays to that like Riverdale CW style, but it's it's pretty well done as well. So there's all this, so much you could do with Batman. Like it's so weird, but 
but like he'll, he'll probably be one of the richest histories I think we'll talk about. Um, maybe outside of Green Lantern and a couple others in the Flash, but so so much you can do with him. Yeah, yeah, and and it really helps that by far. I think the only person who comes close when it comes to a rogues gallery would be Spider Man, and it's still Batman number one. Yeah. Without a doubt, I've I've ran that poll many a times, um, for for the show about who has the better rogues gallery, and every time Batman. My one thing I would say my my hat I would throw in the ring because there's so many of them. As you can say, the X Men have a sick rogues gallery. They, they do. do. I, I yeah. still think it fails in comparison to Spider Man. I, I and agree, Batman, though, because they do have a rogues out, but there's yes. a ton. There are a lot. Yeah, there really are. Uh, uh, by the way, your polls you always do almost always anger me because <laughs> I see <laughs> the results and I'm like, occasions. yeah, I see the results and I'm like, I, how's this winning? <laughs> you're yeah. not, trust me, you're not the only one. I get it all the time, man, all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Eventually we'll get a poll that that goes your way. We'll see. We're gonna do uh cartoons this week. If oh Batman man, I'm about to be really mad. Doesn't win, I'd be surprised. Somebody said super friends. I think one of your friends or yeah, something. Yeah, one of my friends, friends is super friends. But we're gonna do when this episode comes out on Monday, uh by the time it comes out, they'll the first round of the poll will be up. We're gonna do classic cartoons pre uh pre two thousands. So I have our audience oh, all ready to go. I'm ready to and... be mad. <laughs> <laughs> Who what would your pick be? I wanna know Oh gosh, how how can you do this to me? Oh man, that's my childhood <laughs> right there. Uh, I mean, Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, I'm throwing all those out there. Even uh, is the Batman animated series has got to be the on one there. That I would say is one of the top. Yeah, and the, the Spider Man animated series was very good too. Yeah. Uh, oh man, X Men, of course, man. How can you leave out the X Men animated series? Oh my gosh! I didn't, uh, Ninja Turtles one. I didn't either. That completely slipped my mind, and I'm ashamed of it. Uh, Doug, I love Doug, Rugrats, <laughs> and the, and all those. I mean, that's just I can do a whole thing on just Nicktoons, crying out loud. Oh yeah. right, oh, that would be a cool one. What was it? Um, there's a <laughs> there's an old Fantastic Four cartoon. Yes, that um, they don't they don't feature the Human Torch at all because something about his rights or something. Really, they actually use yeah. the the robot. The robot thing instead of Human Torch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I never watched it because the he was my favorite of the Fantastic Four was the Human. Yeah, his name's Johnny. So, (laughs) (laughs) he was my favorite too. But yeah, they had the robot. Um, I forgot what the heck his name was, but that was the in this book that I'm. That was the that was the fourth Fantastic Four member. Hmm. Isn't that good that they're back? They're back, right? They brought them back. I believe they did. Yep. Oh, the comic. Thank goodness. it's on book seven right now and doom is helping the fantastic four fight galactus man it's so good (laughs) there was just like a almost a 80 episode special um for one of the weddings that just happened it's so good so good Uh, one of the one of the comics that actually made me cry was a fantastic four book so really which one was it it's the one where uh i think it's a hickman run where uh the human torch sacrifices himself to save uh the kids and he so okay. he's killed and uh the comic after that goes silent there's no dialogue for many panels and it's just the thing ben grimm dealing with it and it will it's heartbreaking i i just when you said that i just think of buffy the vampire slayer cuz there's the episode after her mother dies where it's totally silent the whole episode yes <laughs> yeah yeah I, this is, we should be friends because I know exactly what you're talking about. 
But it sounds so. Oh, that, I, I have to check that out because Fantastic Four is one of my favorites because I'm a huge Doctor Doom mark. He's one of my favorite like comic book characters. Um, so we definitely, I definitely have to check that out. Awesome, awesome, Johnny. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me, guys. This was this was a lot of fun. No, we this was good. I know you wanted it. We we've been wanting to have you. I know uh, you said you want to do Ninja Turtles eventually. So we're going to have you on, you know, we'll do a Ninja Turtles specific episode. And there's so much TMNT. We could do it just in the same format as this. Yeah, I'd love um, that. And there's so many other characters we could do. I kind of want to do one next week. I don't know if you want to go back to normal next week. Let's or... keep doing this. I, I like this. it. I like it a lot. So who do you got in mind? Because I'm all DC. So I'm thinking like Flash and Green Lantern. But I know we should probably do a Marvel. Let's do... We could do Baxman. We could do. Let's do uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, I love that. Throw a little loop in. I love so, that. Bucky and Winter Soldier. So there's a current Winter Soldier run going on right now as well. Perfect. And the Invaders run with Winter Soldier. So perfect. We got lots to talk about. So, all right, Johnny, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thanks, guys. On behalf, of course, of course, on behalf of Johnny, Greg, and myself, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the panel discussion. And we'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you.